Welcome, everybody. This is a U.S. Grace Force podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend, Father Richard Heilman, who just celebrated a birthday, by the way. That's right, 38. <laughs> He's what? You're 38 years old now. Uh, 38 years old. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. And we got a great guest on tonight. We're going to be talking about the Sound of Freedom, that movie that's out. And before we do that, of course, we've got to start everything off with prayer. And Father, we always give that to you. First of all, I was kidding about Pete in 38. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Father. And thank all of you out there who support the U.S. Grace Force podcast. We cannot do this without you. Your prayers, your encouragement, your comments, your support, and those who support us through the Patreon program, that also is a very important piece of helping us get this message out to as many people as possible. And of course, every week we try to bring a very solid message that's going to help encourage and uplift and teach and and motivate, we hope. And this one tonight, especially, we're going to be talking about the movie, The Sound of Freedom. So for those of you who are interested in helping us in supporting us financially, you can click the link in the description below, go on out to Patreon. We ask you to pray about it. And if you can throw a few dollars our way, that again is greatly appreciated. You are always in our prayers. You are all in our prayers. So we thank you very much for all your support. And again, tonight, this is going to be addressing The Sound of Freedom. For those of you who don't know what that is, you will know by the time we're finished here. I know, Father, you and I have been wanting to address this for quite a while, and this film has been really tied up in a lot of different ways. We're going to yeah. break all that down, yeah. but but you were able finally to connect with our with our guest tonight, Zip. So I'll let you uh, yeah. bring him in. Well, Zip and I made a connection. Welcome, Zip. It's awesome to have you on. Yeah. Uh, we made a connection awesome. because um, uh, I was publishing one of my books, and I found out about Zip, uh, and uh, we. It was a match made in heaven, and uh, so Zip, uh, twenty-five years, right? Sportscasting, right? Zip, yeah, local TV sportscaster. Worked in uh, Boston, Cincinnati, St. Louis for a long time. Some smaller nice. markets before that. Nice, and then and then you moved into uh, Catholic publishing, but you also, and I, I'll ask you to break this down in a sec here, but uh, you also have uh, connections with. Uh, a lot of people who have done uh, great work, like the movie Bella. Um, and uh, so maybe you can make that connection. But help us to understand the Sound of Freedom uh, movie. What What is it all about? And, and why do we all need to see it right now? Uh, first of all, I want to say my sister just is passionate about the whole topic of sex trafficking. And she's trying to she's trying to get involved in every way that she can. I was just put on the board of, um, of an LLC that's, that's doing everything they can uh, to stand against sex trafficking. But anyways, Zip, can you help us to understand this is a, a powerful movie and, and uh, help us to understand what it is? Sure. I think it's one of the most important movies of our time. And why do I say that? Because more than 2 million children have been sucked into sex trafficking around the world just in the last year. Next oh to goodness. killing babies in their mother's wombs, I don't think a greater evil exists on this earth than people selling innocent children for prostitution, wow. sodomy to the forces of evil uh, in such a large, large uh, place Two in the world. Two million. Two million. Wow. I have this shirt here. Let me show you the shirt. It says this is the official shirt. Oh, look at that. Freedom for the two million 
underneath wow. catch line for the movie, God's children are not for sale. You see the little boy here. You see the little girl. Those are real kids featured wow. in this movie who were rescued by the hero of this movie, Tim Ballard in real life, played by Jim Caviezel. Wow. Now, and two million, is that is that worldwide or is that the U.S.? What are we talking about here? That's worldwide. That's worldwide. I mean, the numbers that this crime generates is staggering. $150 billion a year. I'm an old sports guy. You know, you can take the money that every Major League Baseball team, every NFL team, every NHL and every NBA team put together doesn't gross $150 billion a year. And that's what these people are making on these little kids, selling them for sex. Zip, what it, it so the audience can understand. We know that there's been a lot of turmoil. Father and I had talked to, you know, Father Altman and, and others in the past, and, and Father Altman brought to our attention over a year ago, a couple of years ago, that this was in the works, but there has been some obstacles to get through. Kind of break it down if you're good for everybody. What's the history of you know initially when this got going and what you had to go through to get to where it is now? Well, eight years ago, Eduardo Verastegui met Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard was a federal agent, Homeland Security guy who couldn't stand to see kids getting sucked into this. So with the blessing of his wife and her six kids, he quit his job to form an organization to rescue these children. So Eduardo Verastegui talked to him about that. And he said, you know, we should make a movie out of this. This would make a great movie. And so they put together a great team, including Alejandro Monteverdi, Eduardo's friend, a great, great director who directed Bella many, many years ago, and they went to make the movie. They raised $15 million, went down to the country of Colombia and shot the film, 2020. Well, COVID stopped the distribution. Then the movie's rights for distribution were owned by Fox, 20th Century Fox. 20th Century Fox got bought by Disney. Yikes. And Disney was going to put this movie on the shelf. Why? Well, there's no stated reason for it, but my friends in Hollywood tell me that we would be shocked, shocked, if we knew the number of actors in Hollywood who engage in underage prostitution, and they did not want this movie to come out because they did not want to be investigated. So, the movie makers had to buy back the rights to distribute their own movie from Disney. And to do that, it was a $3.5 million buyout clause. So I was in Napa in 2021. I was on stage hoping hosting a screening to raise money. Did one in Chicago in 2022. We did three more screenings here in St. Louis. The running was made to, to buy back the rights. The 3.5 million came in, but then how do you get the movie into theaters when you're an independent filmmaker? Another 15 to 20 million was needed. And we did screening after screening and people just weren't responding. When you say you need like 20 million and where are you now? Zero. People say, ah, why don't you come back when you get some money in the kitty? It wasn't going well. And then about three months ago, Angel Studios came on board. You may know them as the producer of these, the, the Chosen the uh, big hit on the website, on uh, online, on social media. And they got involved and watched the movie. And they said, we will crowdfund this movie. And within about seven or eight weeks, 20,000 people went online and pledged $15 million to get this movie into theaters. And wow. it's happening. 
so zip um one of my i mean probably my favorite person on the planet earth jim caviezel stars in it right yes he, he plays tim ballard right so i can't wait to see it i, I mean jim caviezel is just amazing and uh is is this um why should people see this i mean obviously sex trafficking is a major evil in our times um but what exactly was tim ballard doing hmm. to try to help these children i mean I, I, you don't you don't have to you know give us the the plot and everything but what what are we what are we what are we going to see here what was he doing right now tim ballard operates a, an organization called operation underground railroad and he and a lot of former navy seals former agents all kinds of good people have formed this organization 10 years ago it started and now they've rescued more than 5000 kids out wow. of sex trafficking this movie shows how it all started how Tim decided to do this work, to leave his job less than 10 months away from his pension kicking in. And with the blessing of his wife and the six kids, he decided to rescue these two children who were being sex trafficked. So the movie shows how this happens, why it happens, and what this one man and now all of his troops are doing to prevent it from happening anymore and to put a stop to it. And I'll tell you, Jim Caviezel just crushes the lead role. He could have played this role in five different ways. The way he chose to play it is just ma magnificent. Wow. And he is a great, great actor. He yeah. pours himself into it. He says, next to playing Jesus in The Passion of Christ, this is the most important role he's ever played in his career. Wow. Zip, I'm curious, the, the, the response so far uh, from people who have seen it, what has it been like? Um, at the five screenings I've personally been at, people at the end just sit there, Doug, for like two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes. It is so emotional. They can't speak. They can't move. They just can't digest what they've just taken in. They just need time before they can even process it all and, and go on from there. It's stunning to see the reaction of people when they see this movie. You know, I'm wearing the United States Grace Force t-shirt, and what we've been about is um, really coming against the, the, the evil in our times with God's supernatural strength. And, uh, to me, Zip, this is just a, a, another, uh, sign of how demonic our times are that a multi-billion dollar industry to put kids as sex slaves. I mean, it, how, how did we ever get here? You know, and, and now, under the present administration, I mean, the, the the borders are wide open. And hasn't it ramped up then in the last couple of years because uh, of that phenomena with the... Absolutely. Yeah. In 2018, Tim Ballard, the real-life hero of the movie, testified before a major uh, congressional hearing committee. And at that time, uh, Kamala Harris was a uh, senator... Uh, Diane Feinstein was there, Lindsey Graham from the Republicans was there, and Tim Ballard testified that the border being opened, if it opened up, would contribute to a large outpouring of sex trafficking coming into this country. At that time, President Trump was the president and it wasn't happening. But since that time, we've seen exactly what Tim Ballard 
predicted would happen. He said, if you get them at the checkpoints, if the borders aren't open, we can stop the traffickers. But when the borders are open, they flow in. And then the kids are in the country, the traffickers have them, and it goes from there. Wow. Zip, you were talked about, and I, this is, I'm sure, a point of real you know, interest for people, that Disney buys the rights to it to try to shut it down or shelve it. Um, and the sources that you hear uh, and shouldn't shock us because you said the the information that could come out as to how many people or others that are actually involved in this. Is there any more you can say about that? Because that's also kind of the idea behind the whole Epstein situation too. Uh, you know, because of course, well, I'm not going to get into Epstein's death, but just the fact that, you know, people were saying that information would come out about all the people that were tied to that. Is there more you can say about that? Um, well, there's an island in the movie that kind of approximates the Epstein Island. So people get an idea of how this happens and what they do to those kids on that island. You know, when I was told by my friends that so many underage, uh, so many actors in Hollywood are into underage prostitution, I was thinking, well, why? And then I thought about it. If these actors go to some island and they have sex with some 15-year-old girl from Guatemala who does not speak English, who is dirt poor, who cannot lawyer up, who nobody would ever believe if she said she had sex with Hollywood star A, then they're all free. Whereas if they do it with some young woman in Hollywood, it's me too, and they're sued and everything else. So they don't want the risk of it, and that's why they go to other countries, they go to underage prostitution, they want to hide their actions. It's despicable, but that's how I'm told it happens. Is part of the problem that what we're seeing with uh, the leniency with criminals right now and getting them off, I mean, it, it just seems like, it seems like we're living in an age where just uh, evil criminals uh, can just do whatever they want. They, they can walk in and they, they just... They can loot a store, you know, they can uh, punch someone, we can do anything we want. And uh, is that part of the problem right now is is our loose legal, legal system that's going on right now? Oh, I think that's a contributing factor. There's no fear from the criminals because they know right. they're going to get off. I mean, right. look what's going on in many parts of our country, in inner cities, in California, and, you know, <laughs> a lot of different places. But I think the problem is deeper than that. You know, in uh, the 1980s, Sister Lucia, one of the children at Fatima, made the prophecy that the last battle between Christ and Satan would be over marriage and the family. Right. And I tell you, man, this this problem, this battle is raging right now all across our country, all across the world. And the sex trafficking is a part of it where children are torn apart from their families and sexually abused. It's a part of that family being torn apart, which also goes to abortion and divorce and the breakdown of marriage, uh, same-sex marriage and marriage, um, you know, transgenderism and everything. The evil one having a great run right now, but we know who wins in the end. But I, I just think it's it's all all connected with the government and relaxing the laws and not prosecuting the bad guys. It's uh it's all a part of it, and it's just spiraled uh, just in recent years to you know such incredible heights. Yeah, you know, Zip, this is one of those examples. You just made the statement that it's always been a real problem for me to hear when people say, "Oh, just you know, lest I get too worked up, we know who wins in the end." You know, and I've always said I've never doubted who wins in the end, um, but it's all the collateral damage and all the pain and suffering along the way. And our job as Christians is to try to alleviate, try to reduce that. 
And this is a perfect example, isn't it? And if you could speak to this a bit more, maybe about the fact that we've got estimated 2 million uh, children all over the world that are part of this collateral damage that are be they're being left in the wake of the evil that's kind of unbridled in many ways. I mean, what, what do you say to that when, you know, people have that attitude that we don't want to worry too much or get too involved because we know who wins in the end. So just, let's just kind of relax. God's in control. And yet I don't think God being in control. And I don't, I would always say he's not in control of our free will. And so this is something we're all part of, and we need to, in whatever way we can step up against. Can, can you talk about that? Because that's part of what this movie is about, isn't it? To try to help people realize we've got to wake up and do what we can from whatever from whatever foxhole we're in. We've got to do what we can to fight this battle. What do, what do you say to all that? What's your reaction? Well, I say that um, one of the reasons why this problem is so widespread is because so many people are unaware of the problem. And that's one of the main purposes of this movie, to create awareness of what is going on. When people know what's going on, and they can say, hey, we should be doing something about it. But even though we know about it, don't always respond in the way they should. One of the characters in the movie is played by Eduardo Verostigi. He plays a foreign multimillionaire. And Jim Caviezel's character, Tim Ballard, goes to him and he tries to enlist his help to put an end to this in his country. But Eduardo, playing the multimillionaire, thinks, ah, I hear you what you're saying, but that's not my problem. I'm not going to do anything about the sex trafficking of kids. That's not my world. And finally, Jim Caviezel um, implores him and appeals to him in a pretty dramatic way. And he sees the light and he says, okay. I'm in, I'm going to help this problem. Mm. So I think in a bigger scale, if more people know about this problem, what's going on, then they'll want to help and they'll try to help. And that's what we're trying to do with this movie. The goal of the producers of this movie is to have 2 million people watch this movie on the 4th of July. 2 million people to watch the movie to represent the 2 million children sucked into sex trafficking this year. Right now, 500,000 tickets, over a half a million tickets have already been sold for this movie for July 4th. So we have a long way to go, but we got a great start already. Yeah. You know, I was gonna, I was gonna speak to exactly what you said, Zip. It just, it, it seems like so much evil is coming at us that we get desensitized. And then if we're not careful, then we just accept it as normal. And yeah. I, I think what we can do, first of all, is go to this movie and understand the, the gravity of the situation and to get our heart quickened again so that we have that pounding heart to want to do something. And I think each one of us can can do something, even if it's, you know, contributing a few dollars. I know my sister's like joining organizations. I joined one. Um, but I, th I think, you know, unless, unless we get that hardened heart, and again, I... I, I mostly feel sorry for us as a, as a nation right now than anything that it's just so much evil. And, and sometimes you just got to recoil and, and, uh, you know, separate yourself from it. And I think that's going on a lot, but we can't do that forever. We have, we have to get up out of the, as you said, Doug, up out of the foxhole and into the battlefield and do something about it. Um, <clears throat> as we go forward, uh, zip, you know, is there is do you think there's things that people could do right now, uh, and and uh, maybe even with promoting the movie or what can we do right now with this tragedy, this this super evil in our times with uh, sex trafficking? 
Well, one thing is governmental, as you mentioned, the borders are open. That is a major problem. We got to right. close the borders. No question about that. Another is see this movie. That's what every person in America yes. can do because the money that comes in can go to support Operation Underground Railroad and expand their influence around the world. This organization right. is working with governments. They don't go in themselves, these Navy SEALs, these former agents led by Tim Ballard or anything. They go and work with the governments, but they go underground to identify how the traffickers are doing this and where they are in their tactics and expose them so the government can go in and take them out. This is going on all over. This is a good thing. And by the end of this movie, you see the heroism of Tim Ballard. Uh, I cry every time I see this movie. And it's not just because I'm crying at the children. I'm crying because the heroism and the victories scored by this man with the blessing of his kids uh, and, and his wife and his kids saying, go and you, you, you save those other children. And to see that happen in this movie, to see what this guy is doing, to see how he's leading others to do things about this, this problem, uh, it just brings me to tears. It's, it's very, very emotional. Zip, um, the story Tim Ballard, I remember looking into it quite a while ago when Father and I had first heard about, you know, the work that he was doing. And we'd been, you know, hoping to get something on this. This is, you know, that it's finally come out is is, is great. But he actually, did he, did he or did he not adopt one or two of children that he had rescued? He did. Yeah. He, uh, he rescued two little children in Haiti. And even though he had a wife and six kids of his own, they adopted those kids from Haiti. And at the end of the movie, you see a shot of his real-life family, and then you see a shot of the two kids, and then you see a cut of the kids coming into the family. It is so emotional. I'm getting emotional just thinking about this this issue myself, and I I know everybody does. And um, you know, here we are, uh, actually living in a time where where this you know that he had to start his own private organization. Yep. Because what, what we had in place, our government, our law enforcement, everything wasn't doing what they needed to be doing. And and so he steps in and starts a, a private organization uh, to make a difference in, in this. Maybe what we need is, uh, you know, 500 Tim Ballards or more organizations, or I don't know what, but more warriors with this. But I don't know what's going on with our country right now. It just... Um, you know, the, the, the elites seem to be in, in power and, you know, it, the, the movie is tried to, they try to block it because, you know, why do you think Zip, the movie was, was being blocked? I just think the forces we were so strong. I mean, uh, look at our government. I mean, if the borders are open, they're facilitating yeah. child sex trafficking. There's no other way I to put it. It, it makes it. it so easy for the traffickers to bring these kids across when nobody's stopping them from doing anything. I don't get and, why they don't uh, care. I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. 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 It, it is really the type of evil that just seems to be screaming in our faces in, in, yeah. a, mockering way, in a mocking way. You know, at the time we recorded this just yesterday, there was a, a pride parade in New York City. Uh, and, you know, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence were part of it, according to the report. And one of their chants was, we're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. Yeah, I saw okay. that. That was a reported chant that was taking place. That almost seems like the devil is right in our faces, mocking us, laughing at us. Yep. And, and you know, Zip, I, I, I want to bring this up too, because I, you can probably speak to this for us if you could, is that 
this is not a problem that is just international. Here in the United States, I've heard stories of, you know, a, 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 a child being taken to a truck stop on an interstate and being, you know, sold dozens of times throughout a night, even at one truck stop and then moved on to others. Is mm -hmm. that is that accurate? Is that is that going on here in America? Because people need to realize this is not just Thailand or Bora Bora or wherever else. I mean, this is something that's happening here in the States. Is that correct? Absolutely. And the truck stops are a big part of it. I live in St. Louis in the middle of the country, supposedly the same Midwest. We have a corridor in I-70 where this stuff is going on all the time. There's a line in the movie that goes like this. One of the characters says to another, if you sell cocaine, you make money once. If you sell a child, you make money over and over and over again. It's a chilling line in the movie, but it's what's going on. And so, so hideous. I, I, to me though, I think, it, you know, you, you brought up uh, that uh, prophecy, you know, about breakdown of marriage and family. And I, yeah. I do think that's, that's the, the essence of what we're dealing with right now is the breakdown of the marriage and family, because there, there would be no need or market for, children to be sex slaved unless there were people doling out money for it yeah and right. I, I just think and here we go again i i just think we're, we're at a critical point the morality for sure of our country but such a disconnect from the divine such a yeah. disconnect from god right now that that that, that would would have this so widespread in in our times you wouldn't have made, you wouldn't even imagine this uh 60, 70 years ago. Um, no. Yeah. Well, in foreign countries, in the poor countries, here's a shocking, here's one, one aspect of it. 31% of the children who go into sex trafficking are brought in by a family member. Now, most of this is in poor foreign countries where an aunt or an uncle or somebody who is dirt poor can see a huge amount of money being offered to them to turn over their niece or their nephew or somebody else. And against all conscience, they do it. This is horrendous. So that's one part of the problem. But on the other end of the scale, let's look at the United States. The biggest sex trafficking day in the country, in the United States year after year, is Super Bowl Sunday. What? I have inside information on this. This happens every year where these sex traffickers bring people to wherever the Super Bowl is going to be, New Orleans or L.A. or whatever exotic spot, and they do it all online. So these businessmen tell the wife, hey, I'm going to the Super Bowl, taking some business associates or whatever. And they show up and it's all been prearranged. They show up in, a, in the hotel room and for a couple thousand bucks, that child, that girl, that young victim is waiting for them. And if you think about two or 3,000 people going through this at, you know, at two or $3,000 a pop at the Super Bowl, it's a huge amount of money for the perpetrators. Mm -hmm. And it's just hideous. And people don't know it's happening. Um, okay, so the audience is going to be thinking right now, what can we do? Obviously, right. see the film, good starting point. You know, but the average person out there is, is I know, I know, you know, guys like myself and, you know, guys I train and work out with who, 
who would step up and stop something in a heartbeat if they could see it. This is so incredibly hidden and it's such an industry. Yeah. But, you know, Zip, can you talk a little bit about what the average person can do? I mean, obviously, we've got to protect our kids. We've got to make sure that they're they're safe so they don't get abducted and drawn into this. But as you said, they're they're sold from so many different areas and, and in different ways. But can you can you speak to this to help the average person understand what we can do, keep our guard up, keep our eyes open, look for certain signs or indicators that a kid might be in trouble? What What, what advice do you have? Well, Tim Caviezel says every teenager in America should see this movie. And I think the main reason he's saying that is so that they look out for the way this happens so they are not sucked in in that way. The movie depicts very clearly how these two little children in a foreign country are lured by the by a, a, a deceptive woman who tells them that they're going to be models. And she takes them away from their home and basically they're adopted, they're abducted, kidnapped, put on a boat, sent to a foreign country where they don't speak the language. They are sex slaves. They're little kids in the, in the palm of the hand of evil adults, and there is no way out. Now, one of those kids, and this happens frequently, is bought by an American who's trying to bring him into the United States. That's the evil of the lust of people in this country who purchase these kids to abuse them sexually. It's, it's, it's just, <laughs> this movie really brings to light the truth of what's going on. So what do we do about it? Well, I mean, there's a number of organizations are rescuing kids when they come out of this, when they are free. And you can support those organizations. There's one in uh, Denver called Avoda, A-V-O-D-A-H, run by a guy named Keenan Fitzgerald, Keenan Fitzpatrick, who I met out at Napa. He has a religious order of nuns ministering to these young girls coming out of this sex trafficking. And it's an horrendous, horrendous trauma they're coming out of very, very difficult. We have the covering house in St. Louis where we're raising money to help those coming out in the Midwest who are escaping this. So if you Google your local area and Google uh, sex trafficking homes and help, you can help and support those people there, people coming out. But uh, it's just such an enormous problem. We have to bring it to light. And that's the importance of this film. Yeah, I, I don't know why, well, we had, what's his name again? The, 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 the guy that was. Um, Tim Ballard. Tim. We've had him for, did you say 10 years? Yep. 10 years. 10 years. But very little else, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, and so I, I guess I'm hoping, and I, I know you guys are too, and hopefully everybody is listening, but um, that this, you know, lights a fire. And, and gets us going in this area. Two million children. It, it's unbelievable. Um, and everybody who's listening, watching, whatever, uh, you can help in some way. You know, buy a ticket to the movie at least or yeah. contribute to these organizations, uh, Tim's organization, where, wherever else you can. Join, uh, be a part of it. But I, I, I do think, you know, this is, this is, this is a test for us as, as Catholic Christians, I think. How how long can we sit idly by and let such an atrocious evil? I mean, killing babies is probably the worst, but this comes right up next to it. These little children that are used in this way. It's hard to believe that we that we could reach such a moral bottom that we are right now. Uh yeah. so we we've got to rise up. Zip, um, 
is there anything that comes to mind? Like, of course, please, everyone, you know, you can help by watching the movie, buying a ticket, whatever you can do. But is there anything else, Zip, that you think people can do um, right now? Well, teach their kids to be aware. I mean, okay. in the movie, they show a, a glimpse of kids being picked off the streets, picked up off their tricycles and picked up off their bikes and thrown in vans and things like that. That can happen to our kids too, even in America. It is more prevalent in foreign countries, but it can happen here too. So be aware to protect your own kids, your own family from these kind of things happening. And then pray. I mean, we need prayers for these yes. perpetrators, for the forces of evil who are so strong. Pray for these filmmakers. I mean, I really admire the people who made this movie. Alejandro Monteverdi's from the country of Mexico, uh, became a friend of mine many years ago. Uh, he was uh, came to the United States to be, make movies. He knew it. when he was a young kid, he wanted to make movies. So he went to the University of Texas in Austin, which was the number two film school in the country. USC's number one, UT. Austin's number two, and he tried to get in. And he said, well, you got a 1.75 point grade school from Mexican high school. We take the cream of the crop here. See you later. So he goes, well, okay, um, I'll go to a community college. So he stayed in Texas. He went to a community college. And a year later, he went back to UT and he said, okay, I got uh, a year in community college. I got a 2.5 grade point. And they laughed and they said, not good enough. So he went away again and he kept coming back. And finally, uh, this is a lucky break for him. At that time at the U University of Texas, Austin, they had all these affirmative action things going on and they needed more foreign students. So oh. he said, hey, I'm as foreign as you can get, let me in. And they put him into the film school and in his four years at the University of Texas, Alejandro Monteverdi's films, film projects, won more awards than any student in the history of the University of Texas Film wow. School. Wow. Uh, wow. And that's nice. how he started. And then he made Bella. He made Bella for $3 million in New York City, a 23-day shoot on a little teeny budget of $3 million, and it won the Toronto Film Festival. He's a master in what he does with this movie, the lighting, the score, the acting. Uh, it's just, a, it's a masterpiece of filmmaking because he wanted to bring this, 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 this horrible problem to light in the most dramatic way he can. And with Caviezel acting, Mira Sorvino plays his wife, Eduardo's in it. Uh, Bill Camp, great character actor, plays a character named Batman, who is a reformed drug cartel guy who comes to the good guys to help him rescue these kids. Kurt Fuller plays Caviezel's boss in Washington, D.C. Uh, the acting, the script, the, the soundtrack, the lighting, uh, what they do with lighting, they bring light into the darkness so subtly, but if you look for it, you can see it. This movie is exquisitely done. So I praise God for giving these filmmakers the abilities and the talents that they, he's blessed them with and them for using those talents for such a good in producing this movie. Uh, Zip, a little more background, if you could, for the audience on you with regards to your company and how you got connected to the film. Yeah, uh, 10 years ago, uh, after a long career in uh, uh, television, I, uh, well, actually, <laughs> I got out of television back in the uh, uh, late 1990s. When God called me out of it, I quit in my prime at the age of 43 years old and uh, began doing not-for-profit work, working with kids who, uh, and people who were developmentally dis disabled, 
physically and mental disabilities and uh, work for the St. Vincent de Paul Society here in St. Louis as executive director, overseeing uh, 3,000 volunteers in 180 parishes, uh, work with foster kids at an agency called Angels Arms. And then I felt a call to uh, start Mater Media. To, um, our original mission was to write, print, publish, and distribute books for free to evangelize the Catholic faith. I wrote a novel called My Rock and Salvation, got 20,000 copies out there, wrote my autobiography, then other authors started coming to us, and we published 17 books, one of them being the great book Let Freedom Ring by uh, Father Howland and Father Altman. Yeah, Peckman. Uh, thank you so much. Yep, Father Altman, yeah. Father Peckman, yeah. and myself. There it is. I've yeah. heard of that. I've heard of that book. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> this is the best book ever. It is. And you can read it easily, too, because it's set up for to read it over 40 days. So you just read yes. a little bit of each day for 40 days. It's, yeah. it's a spiritual I, I journey. I think I've helped. Awesome. I think I've helped promote that book a lot over the over the Did time. Did you? That's that's why. Yeah, you heard of it? It was so popular. <laughs> there so it is. It, do you just do books then, Zip? And I mean, obviously, no, doing this no. movie now. Where, where no, do you do? Uh, we worked with movies do? in the past. We worked with the movie Unplanned a few years ago. Oh, yeah. it was a great yeah. movie. I think it's the most powerful, effective pro-life oh, yeah. movie ever made. Yeah. Uh, we worked here. We did a couple of screenings. We raised $62,000 here in St. Louis. We bought 6,000 tickets to opening weekend at nine different theaters. We work with Coalition Life to distribute them through the sidewalk counselors and the volunteers to make sure every seat was filled for that movie. And uh, St. Louis became the number one uh, uh, market in the country uh, for that film. And it was it helped us go from 1,000 theaters to 1,500 theaters, uh, which is so important. The opening weekend means everything. So we worked on that one. We worked on a film that Alejandro did in uh, 2015 called Little Boy. Little Boy was a story uh, about a little boy whose father went off to fight in World War II. And his, his the kid yearned to bring his father back. He was eight years old. It was a beautiful movie. And it did terrible in the box office. $23 million budget. Kevin James was in it. Eduardo was in it. David Henry was in it. Great cast. Great movie. Very sentimental. And it just didn't go over. So I asked one of the producers, why did this not go over? And they said, well, Eduardo made a, made a mistake in producing the movie, in pr promoting the movie. I said, what was that? He said he had all the critics in New York at a huge screening of the movie. And at the end of the movie, he had ushers go down the aisles, passing out cards with the corporal works of mercy on the cards. And he says, this is what we're trying to do with the movies. And you can imagine the secular critics going, you are proselytizing. This is a bunch of garbage. Why are you doing this? And they panned the movie and it really wow, hurt the wow. movie. Wow. So things happen, you know, the, the yeah, secular the war... world is not on our side. Yeah. The war against the sacred, you know, there it is yeah. again. And again, I think that's what uh, we, we've been all about is trying to to help people to become. Well, I think it's it, it, we. I use the word desensitize. We become desensitized. Jesus talks about the hard heart, right? And mm -hmm. what we need to do, we need a revival so bad. We need a revival. But what a, a revival does is just makes that heart like a sponge and just soaks up everything that God wants to give to them, but especially a moral compass, right? Uh, a sense of right and wrong. You know, this is the evil that's going on right now. And I was preaching a little bit about this this Sunday, but but uh, the evil that's going on right now is is exactly what Satan proposed to um, 
Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. It, you will become gods, right? And you will know right and wrong. In other words, you will become woke and you'll be superior to God. You know, that's what's going on right now is this, this uh, it's pride. That's the original sin, right? That I'm better than God. I'm better than God is, is what's going on right now. And so I think, I think you're right. We need to, we need to pray, but we also need to let that light shine in each one of us and to, mm -hmm. to help us, to help us to, to be something that's compelling to other people. Um, what it does, somebody, somebody said the greatest need right now is credible witnesses, mm -hmm. credible witnesses. And I thought that was a great way to frame it, mm -hmm. you know, credible, believable. Okay. You believe in God. You believe you got a fire of the Holy spirit in me. Let your face show me that. Yeah. Let your kind words show me that. Let your offer of, of, uh, of help show me that. Uh, let your driving desire to want to reverse this evil and turn this this nation to, to back to the kingdom of God, you know, one nation under God again. You know, show me, show me, be a credible witness. Yeah. And I think if we're talking right now about what people can do, okay, let's start there. Let's start there. Let's start being, you know, here, here, ready? I'm smiling. <laughs> you know. I'm, I'm filled with joy. I love the Lord. I'm on fire with the faith. I found something. And so we, we've got to do that because I think we're losing the battle right now, the war, because I think we've compartmentalized our faith into something that, well, we better do it in order to have good luck or something. Um, and, and so we get that heart on fire, that heart pumping. Okay. And now we're talking about this topic right now. Is our heart pumping? I want to do something, anything. And I think it begins with, you know, supporting a movie like this that was trying to be, you know, stopped by the elites. They're they're doing that never. I spent, uh, you know, two or three years in Facebook jail, right? Um, but they're just trying to stop, cancel uh, everything. And, and here, uh, you guys rose up above that. Uh, the producers of this movie and everything, and said, "Not on my watch. I, I'm, we're not letting that give the final word." And, but, but here, everybody that's watching, everybody's listening, help that, help that courageous cause by being a part of this and and promoting it as best you can. Share it on social media. Um, do whatever you can. Uh, again, buy a ticket. Maybe buy ten tickets. Okay, I don't know, but but let's let's do all that we can. Um, to be that light in this just tremendous darkness that seems to be winning right now because we're not credible witnesses. What, just, can you speak to that, Zip? Yeah, absolutely. A good point. Um, you can buy more tickets, not just for yourself. Uh, Angel Studios has set it up so you can pay it forward and buy tickets and they'll nice. give those tickets away free to people who can't afford the tickets. Yes. So you can go to angel.com or our website, matramedia.org, click get tickets, and I'll show you how you can buy tickets for other people as well as for yourselves. You know, many, many, many really good movies do not do well at the box office. And the fix is in because the secular critics, the media yep. are going to destroy the movies every time. Um, did you guys see the movie uh, Nefarious? Oh, yeah. Mm. Is that the spring? All right. It did yep. terrible at the box office. A great movie. It did 5.4 million. They needed 12 million to break even. Sad. 
but a great yeah. movie about the evils of euthanasia yeah. and about abortion and about the demons really existing in our world. But we need people to go and see the good stuff and not right. sit back and say, eh, I don't know, I'd rather see Spider-Man or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Zip, I also think it's important, and I'd like you to talk about this a bit, that people need to be unafraid to have this conversation. Um it's an uncomfortable one, like families sitting down talking to their their family members, their kids, their relatives about something like sex trafficking. It's not like, you know, something you're going to sit around the kitchen table and talk about so comfortably. But can you can you talk a bit about the importance of having the conversation, watching the film, of course, but then make sure you're sitting down with others and saying, look, this is going on. We can't pretend that there's not a Category 5 hurricane about to hit the city. Ignoring it doesn't turn the hurricane. It's still coming. Well, this hurricane's already here and many, many lives are caught up in it. So what do you think about and could you talk about the importance of having the difficult conversation, the uncomfortable one with your family members, with your friends, so that you're not just saying, yeah, I heard about this movie. Yeah, it's a problem. Anyway, uh, let's talk about something else. What yeah. do you think about that, that we have the tough conversation? You're right, Doug. It's vital that parents talk to their kids about this. I mean, look at all the things they have to talk about right now, the transgenderism issues and all yeah. kinds of things that they're being faced with when they shouldn't be at such a tender young age. But mm. you can't ignore it because the schools and the society are pumping it into them. Uh, and this is one thing where you got to talk to them about it. It's a difficult subject uh, to tell their kids, you know, uh, watch what you're doing when you're alone out in the streets because somebody could pull you into a van. I mean, it could happen. You don't want to strike too much fear in the stars of kid, but you you got to be prudent they got to yeah. be knowing that this problem exists and what's going on and to have a heart for those that have suffered uh the families imagine the families in this movie you see a father who is just broken because his two kids his little son and his little daughter have been abducted and he can't find them he is in agony uh, and that's happening with every child that is abducted in this world, this sex trafficking thing. So the yeah. parents have got to let people know. I wouldn't recommend this movie for uh, children. It's rated PG-13. Caviezel says every teenager should watch it. I think that's right. Because of the horrific nature of this thing, I, I, I don't think this is the way to talk to your kids about sex trafficking. But Doug, I absolutely agree with you. This problem, this, this situation has to be brought up in families. Parents have to be parents. They have to be strong. They have to instruct their kids. They have to stand up. Well, I, and I think you mentioned the fear part. There is a healthy fear. You teach your mm -hmm. kid not to run in front of a moving car on the street. You know, you teach your kid not to play with firearms. I mean, there's certain things we have to teach that you have to be healthy with regards to understanding why we need to be a little bit afraid of certain things. And and this is a point maybe, and I don't know if this is the film, you can you can address it or not, that, that people who abduct children oftentimes work in groups. They work in teams. It's not yes. just one person grabbing your kid. No. Someone pulls no. up in a van, someone grabs a kid, throws in the van, they're gone in an instant. Something like this happened in a Walmart in the U.S. where a woman was approached by a couple of people and they came up to abduct the kid during broad daylight from the woman in the store. And, and someone pulled out a phone and caught it on their phone. But can you talk a bit about the fact that they do work in teams, that this is not, this is, yeah. this, this is something they have the system down for when they want to abduct someone. Is that correct? 
Yeah, they're professionals. They're professional evildoers. And it happens at places like malls. But it is a team. I mean, it's uh, it's vans and it's people that lure them this way or that way with some way. And then they overpower them and they're in the van. And then from there, <laughs> they don't want the kids to uh, cause a scene or anything. It's, it's uh, The movie shows how they take these kids and send them to a different country in this case. They put them on a ship. Kids have no way out whatsoever. And it's a startling look at how those kids suffer. Now, the movie is incredibly tastefully done. They don't show anything. There's no sex shown or anything, but it powerfully shows what happens. And uh, that's, I think, the genius of the movie, part of the genius of the movie. Uh, you get an idea of how the evil people work in teams. It's, it's brought out in, that, in the movie, Doug. And uh, this is what to be aware of because uh, these people are not working alone. You don't make $150 billion worldwide, you know, with three or four guys. I mean, it's a big, big, big uh, problem. Zip, you know, Doug and I had the producers for Nefarious on the podcast mm. and we really tried to to uh, promote it. And I did not know that, that uh, it had done poorly like that. Uh, cause I well, again, and again, one of the problems, Father, is they only got it into 935 theaters. That yeah, wasn't their fault. They were kind of blocked the a little bit. Take it. They were blocked the a little bit, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There was another. Yeah, I know a lot of people who said, "I want to go, but I don't know where to find it." You know, so yeah. another yeah. problem with that movie was was at the same time the movie was released called The Pope's Exorcist. Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. I did not see the movie. I was told it was horrendous against yep. the Catholic faith. <laughs> But it starred yep. Russell Crowe, and you know how many theaters they got? They got 3,100 theaters, and yeah. Nefarious got 935. And they purposely changed their date in order to hit on the, the date of Nefarious's yeah. launch. Yeah. No, yeah. oh, no, no. But here, it, it made me think, too, when you're talking about Nefarious, is that, again, what can we do? Well, let's promote this. You know, everybody shares stuff on on social media. Yeah. Let's do our best to, to, to promote this. And, and, uh, Listen, we, we always talk about, oh, look at the terrible, immoral movies that we're subjected to. We, well, you know why? Because there's people going and spending money at those while we're not on movies like this that are so necessary and so important yeah. in our times. Um, so we need to up our game, I think, in that area. And and again, everybody knows how to use social media and how to how to share this and get, get that going. Because I, I did see quite a buzz with Nefarious. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and like you're saying, it's uh, probably more that they they didn't get enough theaters yeah. and or did show it, but um, but we need that's what we need to do. If we if then we're not going to be subjected to just this this these terrible moral junk that's coming out of Hollywood, but but we'll start getting more stuff that's that's uh, that's important, family centered, uh, helping us to become better. Uh, people and and sure. but but children of god in our times can you speak to that zip yeah sure i mean you're exactly right father i mean uh, when nefarious came out i i after it came out i had seven doctoral students from st louis university come to my house to watch the movie oh i mean they were stunned and these are brilliant yeah. young people i mean it affected them so yeah. deeply uh so everybody said that 
I'm yeah. going to invite 15 or 20 people over. I got a big screen and let them watch the movie. Yeah. And then they'll hopefully do the same thing because it was a great, great movie with a great, great message. Yeah. We have to cultivate a desire for the true, the good, right. the beautiful, you know, so that people look for exactly. movies that are good instead of defaulting to, oh, this is a super movie, superhero movie coming out. I guess we'll take the kids to see that. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the lazy way out. That's not living an intentional life. Yeah. Well, the way you, I think the way you just said that is important to understand. We have to cultivate the desire. You know, you can adjust your appetite for food, your likes and dislikes, you know, by what you, what you feed yourself with and, and association uh, of your food with the emotions and this and that, that that's all been studied. And we have to create that and train that up, that desire for goodness. It, it's really innate within the heart to begin with, but we don't necessarily cultivate it. I think that's a great point you just made, Zip, is we have to cultivate the desire for good things, things that are of truth, things that are going to build us up and lift us up. Um, can can you talk a little bit about what you are seeing as someone who's involved in you know media uh, with the stuff that you promote and work with? Um, you're seeing stuff from a different side than the average person does. What are you seeing in any kind of a shift? Is there a shift towards people wanting more of the good and holy? Or do we see, I mean, there's such a godless move in our world right now. What are you seeing with regards to media and any particular direction you think things are going? Well, um, I think the 20,000 people who responded online when Angel Studios put it out there looking for investors who uh, said, we'll invest $15 million. Those were the folks speaking loudly that they wanted something good. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to encourage that. Angel Studios is doing that. Um, you know, they, they, now they have about six or seven projects on there and you can invest in all, any or all of them. And I think that's going in the right direction. They're encouraging people to invest in good things that good people want, that inspire, that uplift, that encourage, that challenge in a good way, rather than defaulting and uh, subtly or not so subtly in our woke world, taking people in the wrong direction. Um, you know, I think about artists and what they do. Uh, we work with a guy named Eric Jenis, who goes into prisons with world-class musicians to bring the light of Christ into the darkest places in the world. He doesn't get paid because guess what, folks? Prisons don't have an entertainment budget. <laughs> so we promote concerts in wealthy persons' homes to support his work so we can go into prisons and play for free. So there are people using their great gifts in inspirational ways. I think we have to encourage them. We have to support them. And we have to seek the good, the true, and the beautiful in everything, whatever yeah. that is in our lives. And we can all do it. I mean, yeah. we don't have to be blind and just clunk along and say, well, that's the way the world's going. Um, yeah. No, we have to protect our kids, too. We have to, It's a battle. I mean, you guys know that. You guys are yeah. heroic every week on the show talking about the battle we're facing right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's real. I mean, we have to get fired up. We have to get passionate about it and live intentional lives. Yeah. yeah, Eric's actually a very good friend of mine. We used to work together mm -hmm. for about twenty plus years. We did the the passion meditation together. I, I saw that. Okay, that's one of the greatest videos I've ever seen, Doug. Your portrayal of Christ in the Passion was just unbelievably great. With Eric doing the music, just uh, better than Jim Caviezel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, we want to have him on the program. They can find that, Doug, right? Well, how can they so, find it? Is that on YouTube? Can they? I yeah, know, I yeah know it's I actually, there's a, there's three or four different versions that people have uploaded. We didn't upload them, but somebody did. 
uh, onto YouTube. So yeah, we don't, I don't sell them anymore, but, uh, people can go out to YouTube and just type in the passion T type in Barry or Radix R A D I X. That's our, uh, that's our ministry. And yeah, Eric and I did that live all over the country and outside the country for 20 some years, 22, wow. 23 years. So powerful. So, yeah. And you're right. He's an amazing musician and he's given over a thousand prison concerts and he's gone into death row areas i mean this is not a guy who takes it lightly and he's trying to bring no. dignity and beauty to people everywhere so i and I'll, i'm gonna put a link in the bottom for eric's stuff it's concerts yeah. of hope um i'm i think it's great zip that you're you're working with them i didn't know you were doing that that's fantastic yeah i've gone into a number of prisons with him it's just a movie experience to see these hardened criminals brought to tears by the yeah. sheer beauty of his music yeah well, listen, that's, uh, we're coming to the end here. Zips, thanks so much for being on. And everybody, please, please, please go to the movie, but share it. Help us promote this movie and, and get everybody, um, well, at least to know about it, but but to get excited about about this uh, this movie. I love Jim Caviezel. And yes, he's a better Jesus than Doug. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I agree. I agree. No. <laughs> but uh Thanks again. You love him in this movie. You know, when I make a movie, one more thing. I know. He's Tim, a, he's so compelling. Yeah. Tim Ballard insisted that Jim Caviezel play him. And oh, they said, well, so... wait a minute. He's much taller than you, and he's got dark hair, and you're a shorter blonde guy. He says, I don't care. So they give care. Caviezel a, a kind of blonde tint in his hair for this movie. Oh, nice, nice. All right, well, let's end with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, Zip. God Thank bless you, Zip. Thanks for being with us. Doing. And great to be with you guys. Yeah. God bless you.